It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me. Your voiceover man. Uh, I tell you what, I might try and get some voiceover work now. I didn't even know I had that in me. Yes, you did. Yeah, I did actually. I've had a voiceover agent before, but no work. Anyway, we'll begin the podcast on The Breakfast Show with Laura Woods. After it was revealed that BAME players were at greater risk from the coronavirus, Darren Bent told Laura Woods he would find it difficult to return if he was still a player. If they came to me and said that, listen, you're not going to come back, well, pay cut, then listen, unfortunately for me, I'll take it, that's fair enough, because my family's health comes before anything. So if they say pay cut, 50%, whatever it is, then I'll say, yeah, fair enough, that, that's fair enough. But people are going to say, yeah, yeah, that's okay for you, because financially they're okay. Do you know what I mean? And Danny Rose alluded to that again in his interview. He said people are going to say, well, he earns that account of money, that he should be back. Well, that's where I'd completely have pushback, because just because he earns a certain amount of money, what he, he can't have a, a, an opinion on whether he wants to go back or not. Well, no, that's not how it works. You're going to get people saying, well, hold on a second here. Like, he earns all that money, whereas I've been here working day in, day out, putting myself at risk as well, and I've still having to go out there and, and work. And mm. I think that's where people are going to start to say, well, obviously, key work, their essential work is mm. football an essential aspect of, of life in, in, in general. So for me, I, I totally agree with what Troy said. I, I believe that if he's got a, a young son at home that has got breathing difficulties and he feels that he's going to put him at risk, then he's well within his rights to say, well, I'm not going to go in. And as I said, I can understand that the, the, the one thing people are going to throw at him straight away is, well, what about the money? And to be fair to Troy, he even came out and said about the wages. He said he doesn't care about the money. It's about the well-being of, he, of his family and people around him. So I don't think you can really label any kind of criticism at him. Now, on Jim White and Ashley Sawyer show, Clinton Morrison voiced his support for Troy Deeney as it was confirmed yesterday that he stayed true to his word by not turning up for training. Clinton said family always comes first. A lot of people have had a go at Troy Deeney, but no no chance you can have a go at Troy Deeney. He said, said it from the heart. I know Troy Deeney. If he believes he don't want to come and play football, it's going to affect his um, young child. Then it, it, you can't... It, that's his prerogative. You, people can't have a go at him. He's protecting his family. At the end of the day, family is more important than football any day, any day of the week, um, Jim. Family is the most important thing in life for anybody. Anyone will say that. And if he feels it's going to affect his young child, then he's got the right to come out and say that. 
It's always going to be a problem with the project restart. Of, um, the pro some people will be for it. Some people will be against it. And there's always going to be different obstacles thrown in front of um, the Premier League for it to get started again. I think the majority of people want it to get started. But at the back of your mind, you, you are a bit sceptical um, as a player because you're worried about it. As, as, as Troy's come out and said, he's worried for his family. And I think him coming out and saying that, as I've said it many times about Troy, other players might now think well, they, th that were worried might come out and, and speak as well. So I think, obviously, when you have one player that comes out, more people will come out and say stuff. But I do believe eventually, I, I do believe the Premier League will be started. Now, staying with Jim and Natalie, this is the QPR chief exec, Lee Hoos, who gave his thoughts on the latest developments with COVID-19 testing in the professional game and English football's return. He told the guys that medical staff have assured him and his players they feel it's safe to return. Normally how I work is I tell them, look, this is what I want to get done. Make, make it happen, make it safe, and make it cost-effective. But on this one, I just said, just tell me straight out. Don't tell me what you, you, know, you think I want to hear. Give me it straight, objectively and, 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 and pure. Is it medically safe? And my doctor, who has been excellent, different class, um, has said, look, look at the protocols. Um, we think it's achievable. We think it's clear. We think it, it is safe to do so. Obviously, individual cases would have to be taken into consideration. But overall, we think this is this is good. And he's done a presentation to the players. Uh, you know, they, they 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 all seem happy with, with how everything's going to work. In fact, they're probably jumping more at the bit than um, than we are. It's just us trying to hold them back a little bit right now. So I'm, I'm with, with him. I'm very comfortable with his advice and, and, and comfortable with the procedures that are in place. Now, after Deli Ali returned to training with Tottenham after he was held at knife point last week, Darren Bent told The Breakfast Show that he was burgled twice in a month during his playing days. So I was at Aston Villa at the time, but I'd been on loan at Brighton, so I was down there for four weeks. And I get a phone call at three o'clock in the morning, um, just basically saying that I'd been robbed. And basically what they'd done, they'd gone in the, the back door, wife and kids were upstairs sleeping, and they stole the cut, went in the house, Broke in the back door, stole like there was iPads and everything on the side. Left that, took the two cars. So I just had to drive back from Brighton. I had to go back. But I think the worst part about it was obviously we then started to start speed up the process of looking for a house because we was in a rental place at the moment because I'd been on the season before I'd been at loan at Fulham, so we're still trying to find someone to buy. But about three or four weeks later, they came back and took another one, took another car off the drive as right. well. So and just completely just we, we couldn't wait, couldn't get out of that house quick enough. It, it was such a scary, scary, scary thought. But to be fair, no one really published it at the time. That was obviously I told the club and a few other people, but to be fair to them, they didn't pull it out there like our high-earning player or top-profile player was robbed. They kind of kept it quite quiet, and that made my, me and my family feel a lot safer that we weren't going to be a victim or a target. When Dele Alli got robbed, there's no need for a camera crew to be outside his house, first and foremost, presenting to the world where he lives. I mean, I I used to live in that same area as Dele Alli, so I know better than anyone what the area is about. There's a, a lot of people that live there, footballers. Is it? I, I didn't see it. Is it easily identifiable? Oh yeah, that, that like if you if you know that area, obviously I'm not going to say on air where that area is, but if you know that area well, you know a lot of people live there. I said mm. when I was at Spurs, I lived in the same area. Um, but it's what Jeremy Jordan said is, is spot on. I mean, we don't need to know how much a watch costs for us to know that he'd been robbed. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? But I, I do think in, in certain aspects, like I think it was a couple of months back. When you start reporting to the world about where people live and what, how much money they've, they've earned and what price positions they've got, you're encouraging other people to go, well, hold on, we might have missed something here. Let's go back for it and see what else he has got. Now, I remember a few months ago when Chris Eubank Jr. got robbed. He told the whole oh, world. He got. He told the whole world on Instagram that he'd just been robbed. Okay, that's bad. But where he kind of lost me was when he kind of got out that 
200 grand watch and was showing it on Instagram. Look what they missed. Look what they missed. Mm. Now, in my opinion, that's encouraging people to go back and go, well, if we miss that, let's make sure we don't miss it again this time and go back there and rob him. But as far as what Simon Jordan was saying there, he's totally right. As in, they shouldn't be out his, outside his house. They shouldn't be commenting on how much watches, how much his watches cost because at the end of the day, regardless, it's still a human being that's been robbed at knife point. Now, the Ipswich legend and FA Cup winner John Walk joined Adrian and Goffey on drive to mark the 39th anniversary of the Suffolk side's UEFA Cup glory. Whilst chatting to them, he paid huge compliment to TalkSport's very own Alan Brazil, who ironically has got a huge head. I've played with lots of great players, and he is by far the best finisher, one in one, not just with, to beat the goalkeeper, by a country mile. Wow. That just shows you how good he was. 4 0 up, you know, you think. But suddenly they, they get two other goals, you know, and they're, they're back in it. And then I've I've made it 2 2, and you think, oh, they're not going to get it. But you've got to give them a lot of credit here. You know, they actually played with just two at the back, 2 4 4. <laughs> and you go, to do that. In the second half, we were hanging on there. And, you know what I mean? I think they got the fourth goal with still 15 minutes to go. And uh, our keeper made some great saves, and we were desperate for the final whistle, so you've got to hold your hands up to them. Back now to the breakfast show, here's Freddie Flintoff with a story about camping in Africa by himself. Oh, I've got no friends. I've been so lucky. Um, some of the shows that I've done, I've, I've camped in places all around the world, and I absolutely love it. I'm not sure I'm ready for it yet, but I love camping. Where's the best place you've camped? Oh, tell me, I, I camped in Botswana in the Okavanga Delta. I had a week on my own, completely alone. I filmed it myself for Discovery Channel. Wow. I had lions around my tent. I saw giraffes. I saw zebra. It was just me at one with nature. It was Oh, it was amazing. Best thing I've ever done, I reckon. Weren't you a little bit scared? Well, I'm scared of the dark, aren't I? And then the second <laughs> second, second to last night, I built a massive fire because they said, if you build a fire, it'll keep the lions away. Oh, it didn't. They came and sat by it to keep warm. Hold on, you're, 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 hold on, you're, there, on, you're there on your own with these lions walking around your tent? Yeah, and I had an air horn for, for <laughs> safety to blow at it. No, but the thing was, right, I built this fire to keep them off and then they came towards the fire and there was one bit where i set a camera looking into camp and something walks in between me and the the fire which is a big cat and then i froze i was in my tent with these lions outside i genuinely froze i didn't know what to do were they it was amazing. were they interested in you at all were they sniffing around the tent did you ever yeah, they'd just been watching them? 2005 ashes before they popped over they recognized me <laughs> what do you mean with the interest <laughs> they wanted a selfie yeah. i mean like did they want to eat you <laughs> Um, I'd be disappointed if they didn't, but they, they left me alone. Time now to check in with H&J, Paul and Andy, and another edition of Clips of the Week, Wheel of Fortune. Hmm, I wonder where they got that idea from. Here's a caller now to Ian Collins. Nina is in Western Supermare. Hi, Nina. Good evening, Hawksby and Jacobs. Pardon? <laughs> That's one way of getting on Clips of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> Well done, Nina, you're in. Yeah. That's right. Now, this is uh, the top uh, athletics coach, Frank Dick, now, speaking very highly of the Commonwealth Games. That, 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 quite simply, is the position as it stands with 11 days to go, which is a long time. There well, we it are. Is. It was Route 1. <laughs> but speaking very highly of the Commonwealth Games. Here's <laughs> Mike Perry now with the tennis competition. Now then, the answer to the question, who knocked out Andy Murray out of this year's US Open, you get three choices. A. 
Fernando Vadasco. B. Stanislas Warinka. Or C. Novak Dokchevich. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Graham speaking for the nation there with that laugh. Really, yeah. Djokovic. Yeah, very much so. So uh, it's back to the callers, this time uh, to uh, Keith Arthur again. And this fellow who calls him seems very keen. Uh, Mick's on the phone in Shepherd's Bush. Hi, Mick. Oh, uh, morning, Keith. How you doing? I'm OK. You sound, I won't ask how you are. You always sound quite fit. <laughs> <laughs> it just just shows you that sounds can be deceptive more so than appearances. <laughs> you never you never put it this way. You never sound uh, rough. You always sound quite reasonably fit. Yeah, well, maybe they should go to dinner. The pair of them. This could be the, she's not rough. She's reasonably fit. Could be the start of something. Brilliant. Right. And uh, finally, uh, Alan talks finance with Hank Potts. Uh, right. What's the story? He's down there. Down there. Hank Gold doing well again. Gold. It was funny the way yeah, he said that. It did, way he said that, wasn't it? It did remind us. Almost like he did it on purpose, wasn't yeah, it? Really? Surely. Nothing left to make me feel small. Luck has left me standing so tall. Gold. Back to Drive, talking a bit of cricket, and Darren Goff had his say on how not being able to use their saliva may affect a bowler's game when cricket returns. Yeah, I know what he means. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't really do that a lot anyway. Um, I seen I saw an Ab, uh, Abhijan Singh has come out and said this, is, but it's not going to be the same um, if you can't uh, shine the ball. He said, because when the ball gets to 50 overs old, you can use your saliva to dampen it, which makes it heavier. Well, surely that's a positive, isn't it? That's what we used to do for reverse swing, especially when you were playing in Pakistan or Sri Lanka or India or even New Zealand. I, I used that theory. And you do that by using your own sweat from your forehead or from your arm, and that's how they used to shine the ball. You look back to Dennis Lilly uh, playing for Australia, right? he used to shine the ball, and it was sweat and hard work shining it on your trousers. So this saliva thing, I, I, I don't know where it all comes from, where people believe that is the be-all and end-all. There's loads of ways around it. There's loads of ways around this. So what we could talk about is using uh, one each end, new balls, if they think you're not going to be able to keep the... Uh, the shine on the ball, so you could have broad opening from one end with a new ball, Anderson opening with a new ball in the other, it's done in one day cricket. Or you can make a rule where we'll say, okay, instead of the new ball being taken at 80 overs, we'll take it at 50 overs. So, you know, you've, you've always got a chance with an harder ball and the ball to swing. Um, and you don't get much time then with the older ball. But that takes away spinners from the game, doesn't it? And last but by no means least, the best bits of the best show, in my opinion. That's because it's got my name above the door. Andy Goldstein, Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Incidentally, I'm also on on Sundays, 9pm, with Andy Goldstein's Transgroup Express. We can speak to friend of the show, a brilliant actor from Game On, one of my favourite programmes ever. He was also a big-name star in Homeland. And he's in Supergirl to name but three is the brilliant actor David Harewood joins us now. David, good morning to you. Andy, how are you, sir? I'm good, very well. How are you? How are you coping with lockdown? What are you doing? What are you up to? Are you cool with it or is it driving you mad? I've got to be honest with you, mate. Um, Listen, I haven't been back in England. I I bought this house 
that I'm living in now. I bought it five years ago. This is the longest I've slept in my own bed in the entire five years. I'm just loving being home. I'm just loving being in my own house with my family. Um, really, really enjoy. You know, it's obviously tough for a lot of people, but for me personally, it's uh, it's been it's been great. It's been great. David, let me, let me ask you, it's really interesting because I speak to my wife about this and what's happened is that it's forced people to reset. It's forced people back it's into correct. a routine that they're totally, it's totally alien to. And now Andy and I do this every single Monday to Thursday. And because we work these hours, I leave sometimes more often than not before the, the little fellas even had a bath. So yeah. I miss all of that. And now I've been, yeah. not forced, but it, it's there on, you know, now I've, I've just, I've, I've had a, a bath him. I've had a, I've read him a story, yeah, which great. I never do. I eat with him, I cook great. for him. And I've really bonded with him. And he's only yeah. five, but, it, but I'm with him most days. I, I don't take him to school because of the hours we work. I pick him up. I spend, a, yeah. not every weekend, but once, mate. once. And do you know what? I just wonder now, just listening to you talk there, I just wonder how you are going to feel Bearing in mind what you just said, and your children now are growing up and they're growing up quickly. How do you think moving forward in the next 12, 18, 24 months, do you think that that, that, that might change you? Um, I think it will, because, uh, you know, I've suddenly, I've, I've suddenly remembered what David Harewood is like. You know, I, I've sort of forgotten it, you know, because I'm just never here. So I sort of, uh, you know, 60% of me is, is here when I'm home. And, you know, and I've got to be honest, you know, normally I say I come home and, and I'm just, and I'm, I, even though I'm home, I'm mentally not home. I'm sort of into Soho, I'm in the Groucho, and I'm doing meetings, and I'm dashing into town, and I'm doing voiceovers, and I'm doing soccer aid, which is wonderful, but I'm, I'm away from home. So none of that has happened. So I've just been at home, and it's just been wonderful to reconnect with the family and reconnect with mm. you know, going to bed early, watching telly with the missus, and just, just doing something which is normal. Well, the build-up to this game has hardly been all sweetness and light ale. There have been some name-calling, and uh, quite frankly, it's one where the referee will have to keep a tight rein on matters. The Beer 11 has called the soft drinks team all gas, and no more than that. The soft drinks team captain has delivered the ultimate insult, calling the Beer 11, yes, an alehouse team. Well, the team news is that it has to be said a real surprise on the soft drinks team side because both Coke and Pepsi have failed fitness tests. That means that two relative youngsters have been shipped in down the left-hand side, Red Bull and Vimto. Red Bull on the left side of midfield, Vimto at left back. For the beer boys, as they're known, well, an interesting decision. The management team has decided that Corona simply wasn't in the right frame of mind to play. His head was all over the place, was the way it was described to me. So he's been replaced by the Canadian international, Kokanee, who is, according to his agent anyway, Glacier Fresh. Well, he's going to have to be off the mark quickly tonight and ice cool in this red-hot atmosphere. The two lineups for the soft drink 11 in goal lime cordial. Across the back, Espresso, Iron Brew, Shandy Bass and Vimto. In midfield, Ribena, Ginger Ale, Lucasade and Red Bull. And up front, Cream Soda and everybody's favourite, surely, McDonald's Strawberry Milkshake. The beer 11, Newcastle Brown Ale in goal there. Nuclear brownies better known as... Beavertown, Heineken, Hofmeister and Carling across the back. In midfield, Light Ale, Bex, uh, Storopmarman, that's uh, a Czech international if you haven't heard of him before, Kokony, and up front the Italian Peroni and Budweiser. So it's the Soft Drink 11 versus the Beer 11 for the quarterfinal of the Sports Bar Cup.
Well, that's it for another podcasty thing. A reminder, of course, you can download future ones or previous ones via Acast, Spotify or Apple Pods. Uh, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for downloading. I'll be back tonight for the last Sports Bar of the Week. Oh, no. Can't you do seven days a week? No, we had this conversation last week. Oh, yeah. What are you doing tonight, then? Well, tonight is, of course, the As Live Sports Bar, where we play sound effects to make it feel like people are actually in the bar. Didn't someone else nick that after you did it first? Yeah, that's right. Anyway, make sure you join me and the fun boy from 10pm tonight for another sports bar. Thanks for listening. Keep your distance. Have a good day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.